Japón. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, you're very nice to be coming. Welcome to Thursday. My God, this week's rocketing through, isn't it? Yes, I've started buying the Christmas presents. I've started sending out the abusive text messages. What do you want? Tell me now. Uh, not you. No, this is to the family and friends and stuff like that. So, um, it's good, it's good. Driving from hell today. How this man, if he, actually, if he manages to get through the night without an accident, it'll be a blooming miracle. Blooming miracle. He turns up to collect me. No lights on the car, Dan. No lights on. He comes around the corner. He's got, I said, you've got no lights on. That was the bad thing. Secondly, I thought he was either too tired because the average speed was about 17 miles an hour. At one point, I said to him, I said, you need to get your skates on, mate. I've got a job to do. I've got to get to work. Didn't seem to make any difference at all. I personally think he was blind. When I say blind, every time we came up to traffic lights, no matter what colour they were, we slowed down about 100 yards away from them so he could have a look at them. And if any car became near him, we braked suddenly. It was the journey from hell. It really was. Terrible driver. Absolutely, he shouldn't, shouldn't have been out there because he's either going to kill himself or he's going to kill a passenger this morning. Apart from the fact that uh, Dan stopped in his bus and, uh, and I said, the driver's up on Twickenham Green. I said, I could see it because they, they send you it's an automatic map tracking thing. Well, he sat there for 10 minutes, then came in on a completely different road. It said, oh, he's here. And of course he wasn't. Blooming danger to himself. I tell you, if you ever saw, I'll give you his car number in a moment. So just in case you see him out on the streets, avoid him like the plague. He kept putting his glasses on, taking them off, putting them on. In fact, it got so desperate, the producer phoned. Where are you? Just checking you're all right. I get in here. Imran says the same. Getting a bit worried. So I said to him, the man's a blooming danger. Seriously, a danger to himself. Every time we, we slowed down, I mean, at one point, we braked suddenly because the lights changed. The rest of the time, he happily sailed over orange. Really very dangerous. Very da- Anyway, so we're very lucky to be here in one piece and in such a good mood. Always puts me in a good mood, that. Because when he picked me up, I said, um, he said, uh, Capital Radio. I said, well, we'll call it Global, shall we, just to make things easier. I said, and by the way, before we go any further, you're heading in the wrong direction. So, of course, they have to pull in, they have to tap. Oh, God, it was boring. It really was. Uh, the warning today. Don't take pictures of bears in the wood. Some bloke in New Jersey goes into the forest with some friends of his. And they see a brown bear. And apparently, apparently, the latest thing to do is to get a picture of a brown bear. And then, you know, get away from it as quickly as possible. Because they're dangerous. Not just this time of year, any time of year. Unfortunately for Mr Patel, he wasn't quite quick enough. His friend said, run. And he ran. But the bear caught him. And he died of his injuries. They found his body in a ravine where, quite clearly, the bear had been walking round it. You know, as they do, he's going, what the hell is this? What is it, clothes on? Have to undress this food nowadays? So he lost his, uh, he lost his life. And the advice is that don't mess with bears, OK? They run, they climb trees, they're very fast, and they've got claws that can rip you to pieces. So uh, that's my advice. Sadly for Mr Patel, the advice came too late, even though I have been giving that advice for some time. I think it's listed among one of the most dangerous animals in the world. I, th- I think one of the most dangerous. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, 84850. Oh, it's nearly Black Friday today. Happy Thanksgiving. Like we care. I don't know why we're bothered about it. They, I did go to a Thanksgiving party that Paul Savory did for an American actress who was over here. And uh, we had to have pumpkin pie. Ugh, ugh, ugh. It's disgusting. You have turkey, so it's a bit like Christmas. And the supermarkets are trying to capitalise on it by going, you know, we should be celebrating. 
Thanksgiving. Why? We're not American. They don't celebrate bonfire night. Why should we celebrate Thanksgiving? Just an excuse to get rid of a load of turkeys. That's all it is. Just, you know, can we get rid of loads and loads of turkeys? Yes, we'll try and pretend that everybody in the country is getting behind Thanksgiving. And we're not. We're not. We do- No, you're not. Stop jumping on the bandwagon. No, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. The producer thinks he's getting involved with Thanksgiving. I think he's actually giving thanks for something completely different to the rest of the world. It's like James. James gives thanks for things. He gave thanks for not having a shave this morning. You know, he's apparently organising his weekend. For that, I can only warn everybody in Old Compton Street, look out, he's heading your way. <laughs> he's a man on a mission. <laughs> or is it Shoreditch? Anyway, one of the two places he sort of heads to in London. Um, the other thing is the Church of Chav. It's an old story, this. We've known about It's a vicar who used to be a convicted car thief, and now he runs a church for a load of chavs. It's a bit like the... What do they call them when they come around London? Is it the... The Jesus bus or something. Is it the Jesus bus? The God Squad. They sort of, and they sort of turn it, and they're all like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, because we're like from the street and all the rest of it, but we love God. And you think, that's good for you. That floats your boat. Brilliant. I'm more than happy for you. Uh, the growing outrage over Tony Blair's award. More than 100,000 people have signed this petition. They don't like him, do they? Mind you, I've not known many people who do like him. He's, uh, he's got his own little foundation. For that read, he's not paying as much tax as probably the rest of us put together. Miranda has admitted she cringed over doing her live shows, but she did trouser seven million. Honestly. And she's going to be doing the Generation Game. Pfft. Told my friend Paul, he went, you serious? Yeah, sadly, yes. Not so good. Um, still waiting on referrals, says Dan. Yes, I mean, I, th- I think you're a bit bigger than I am. I think you're a bit bigger than I am. The producer could probably get it, but he's not diabetic. This This gastric band thing. As he celebrates Thanksgiving with his own turkey. You know. <laughs> I can't believe you're having doing Thanksgiving. I wouldn't mind. His girlfriend's not even American. They're just, they're just jumping on a bandwagon. The idea is, apparently, when you, if, if, if you're an American in a, in, a, in a country, you sort of latch on to other Americans. And they traditionally invite you back to, to their house to rob you. And they, they sort of invite you in and they go, you know, let, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I sort of go, it's naff, it's naff. Yes, we have a we have a Paddington bear, because Neil sent me a lovely picture of Paddington outside uh, the Rolls-Royce motor car in London. The showroom, I think it's, I forget which square it's in. Uh, and Paddington's standing on a, a Rolls-Royce grill. We have a gold Paddington, a gold Paddington, which is lovely, really, really nice. And there's Neil with Father Christmas at the Christmas Grotto, 2014. Oh, right, this year. Oh, this this year. Oh, look at everybody. They really look nice. They've got a good Father Christmas, haven't they? I bet he's hot in that thing, poor soul. Is it funny? You like having your picture taken with Father Christmas. He said, uh, it's my beautiful family who all send you season's greetings. He says, uh, a couple of photos. Harrods was full of Paddington-related stuff yesterday. Yes, they, there's a big feature in one of the papers on how much Paddington Bear memorabilia there is. Which is lovely, isn't it? Absolutely lovely. Uh, one little boy's verdict on uh, the reopened festive fun park. Rubbish. He said, it's not snow, Mum. It's litter. That's what he said. <laughs> there we go. Thanksgiving celebration. Starter. Choice of Caesar salad. Clam chowder. Uh, quesadilla. Choice of chicken, pulled pork or veggie. Uh, it's three courses of turkey and ham. Then the main, a platter... Turkey drumstick. You'd be fighting over that one, won't you? We noticed it doesn't say drumsticks. It's in the singular. So you, you, they've obviously found the only disabled turkey. Because there it is with its one leg. And you get glazed ham. That's ham that's a little bit tiddly. Uh, turkey, again. Mash. 
Cornbread stuffing. That's horrid. That's not very nice at all. <laughs> grilled veg. That's OK. We can, we, we can sort of cope with, with grilled veg. That just means veg that comes, you know, in sort of... Um, it's a bit charred, isn't it, because they've stuck it under the grill. And dessert. Choice of key lime pie or pumpkin pie. Don't have pumpkin pie. It's rubbish. Absolute rubbish. It's all about the key lime, isn't it? Or frankly, and that's all for £23.95. Is that per person? I think so too. If you've got to share a share a turkey drumstick, <laughs> that's hilarious. Drumstick in the sink. <laughs> Just who wants the next bite? It's like it's, somebody said to me once. They said they get re- really annoyed when they go out with their girlfriend. And um, and they and they sort of say uh, you can have chips. And she goes, no, I'll just have some of yours. You go, no, I'm eating all of my chips. If you want chips, order a portion. Oh, I don't really want a whole portion. I'll just have some of yours. Well, you're not having them. Oh, order your own blooming chips. Hate it when people do that. Really, really annoys me. Um, uh, Gregor's says we eat carp on Christmas Eve in Poland. I oh, know I can't bear it. Swiss eat cats. Let them. Swans are also tasty. Ugh. Disgusting. I know that in the court of uh, King um, Henry VIII, and in fact quite a few of the other ones, swan was served up. Personally, I'm not remotely interested. I don't want to see <coughs> something turning up looking like that. It looks horrible. Horrible. Um, on the subject of um, Levi, I don't... Oh, that's not for me anyway, actually. Why is that? Why is that not me? Oh, it's to Duncan. Why have you sent it to me? And it goes to Duncan Barks. How does that happen? That's really very odd. On the subject of Black Friday, young Gordon and Sandra said, we in Tooting think we have already enough Americanisms over here. Thanksgiving Day, Halloween, David Guest, to name but three without the need for Black Friday. Do you know the origin? Yes, we do. Yes, I I said yesterday. The origin is it's the day after Thanksgiving when they traditionally have sales in America. And it's called Black Friday. And I got an email from an American company this morning and it said to celebrate Black Friday, you know, we're offering you 35 percent discount on these uh, on these uh, bits of merchandise. So that's why it is. That's why it's called Black Friday. And it's the it's the celebration, I suppose. It's the it's the bit before Christmas where they offer you a chance to buy some stuff at a discount. The only time before Christmas I want a discount is when they snow. I want to see some snow this year. Thank you. All right. Yeah. A bit rough today. I, uh, oh, I mean that in a caring way. I don't mean that, you know, in any way, shape or form, the fact you haven't had a shave. You know. I don't know why I started not having shaving. Perhaps it's appealing to different people now. He's obviously tried one, <laughs> trying the other way round now. Bless his heart. Anyway, uh, what else am I going to tell you? What oh, yes, I'm going to tell you the time, actually. <laughs> Only because the clocks are still broken. I can't believe that a day on, they're still broken. We've got these uh, clocks, which are all set by, I don't know, but they're all, they're atomic clocks, so they're all the same. And, um, and they're very nice, but once one goes down, the whole system goes down, and so the entire company's clocks have gone down. So, I mean, it's not that I'm short of a clock. I've got in the studio uh, four clocks, five clocks, five clocks to go by. But I, I just like to see the ticking hand. I don't know why. It's odd, isn't it? It's 4.14. <laughs> Coming up uh, this morning with Nick Ferrari, it's the Deputy Prime Minister joining him for another unmissable edition of Call Clegg. Plus, as the latest immigration figures are set to fall way above the target promised by the Tories, Nick will be asking UKIP leader Nigel Farage, why have we achieved nothing with immigration? And as a top Tory says we should let teenagers have a say in the general election, Nick has a special report on how young people are voting. Looking at the papers today, Hannah Tallett, a Sky News presenter, We'll be in the studio with Nick. That's all after the morning news with Lisa Aziz at 6.30. We've just had a look at what the five bird roast is in Iceland. And 
Contrary to what you think, in, in some of these big roasts, where you get a turkey, they've hollowed out the, the middle cavity, then they put in another bird, another bird, another bird. In this particular one, on Iceland, what it is, it's sort of, it's rolled, it's sort of wrapped around different bits of meat. So it's the Iceland five-bird roast with a cranberry and port glaze. You imagine people living on council estates going, what? Cranberry and port glaze? What in God's name is that? And it's turkey, duck, goose, chicken and guinea fowl. I mean, to be honest, it sounds quite nice. I've not had guinea fowl before. But when you actually look at the picture, I bet it doesn't look like that when you cook the blooming thing. I bet it doesn't. I don't know why. Anybody else out there had a, had a five-bird roast? Callum Best, put your hand down now. Thank you. Uh, other stories running in the papers today. Uh, this lovely house for sale, and it's got five bedrooms, and it appears to have a swimming pool and everything else. And the bonus is, apparently, you've got King Arthur buried in your garden. I mean, that's cool, isn't it? I mean, how many people could say they've got King Arthur buried in the garden? Uh, talking of Callum Best, he's uh, rumoured to be going into the jungle. I mean, God, they must be scraping the barrel. I know we said the other day they'd run out of celebrities, but I didn't think they'd run out that quickly. I mean, Callum Best is way past his sell-by. And they go, because he's, he's bedded Bianca Gascoigne. Come on, half of Middle England's bedded Bianca Gascoigne. What's clever about that? And he went out with Lindsay Lohan. Everybody's been out with Lindsay Lohan. You know, this bald old, faded old has-been, whose father was a drunk, you know, has been dragging out his five seconds of fame for as long as I can remember. And now he just looks like sad. Very sad. I don't know what he does for a living. Obviously, obviously not a lot if they're having to drag him into the jungle. Uh, very awkward. Clive James, big fan of Clive James, he said, actually, I'm not dead. I'm not dead yet which is quite sweet of him to say so. And uh, Frankie Fraser's dead. The family said at least he's put out of his, uh, out of his suffering. I know, shame some of his victims couldn't say the same. Uh, the man was uh, certified mentally ill, psychopathic, spent 42 years in prison. He was, he was what they call an enforcer. You know, and that's somebody who goes around. They always used to come up with the same claptrap. All these old deadbeat has-beens. You know, when they sort of ruled London, it was sort of gangs fighting other gangs. And, uh, people, you know, they said it was all right when the craze were alive because you could leave your front door open. Of course you could. They'd robbed you of everything. They t- there was nothing else left to nick. Unless you put your mother out there, in which case they could have taken her as well. I mean, it was, it was sort of a different time. It was all a bit, a bit sad. I said the other day that the crime has got more sophisticated. Today's criminals, you know, are generally operating from Nigeria, from Russia, from all sorts of places. And they're doing sophisticated crime on the computers. You know, the, the, the very idea that you could have somebody like, like the craze still operating today. I mean, they'd have been laughed out of town. Laughed out of town. They weren't successful. I mean, look at that. Poor old Frankie Fraser ended his days in an old people's home. And he got an asbo while he was in there. There was an argument over a chair. Do you remember? Dead at 90. And everybody goes, well, I thought he was dead years ago. He so wanted to be a celebrity. He so wanted to be a celebrity. So he, so he gave up the life of crime, basically because the life of crime gave him up. Because, you know, it was just a silly little old man. Somebody, if they'd all had guns, they'd have blown his brains out years ago. But they didn't. And so he went round and he pulled people's teeth out with pliers and he did all that. Cause we go, oh, isn't it funny? You go, not really. He was a sad little old man. Sad little old man. But ended his days in an old people's home. So he never even made any money out of it. So, in fact, he wasn't even successful. He didn't even end up with a property. He didn't end up with anything at all. He's got a son, apparently. I don't know who that was with. I don't know if that was with Marion Wisby, who was one of his... Uh, his lovers. It's funny, actually, isn't it? When you look back, and I was reading a book about the craze a little while ago, and uh, one of them was gay, as you know, and used to like little boys. Nobody ever... I think the only person who ever got shot was in the... It was in the pub, wasn't it? It was in the pub, where somebody called him a fat puff. 
And I think he then, he decided they had to, they had to make an example of him. Uh, and yet, that's exactly what he was. You look at all the pictures of, uh, of Ronnie Cray, he's with boys. He likes the boys. And of course, nobody dare say anything, because he was a psychopath. Absolutely psychopath. And yet, strange enough, when he went into prison, he carried on with the boys. They had no difficulty finding boys in prison. And Reg ended up swinging the other side of the fence. I suppose after a while, you know, stick you in an all-male prison. It's bound to get you eventually, I suppose. 84850, uk. Johnny G got the last two boxes of Iceland luxury mince pies. He said, to be honest, no better than Tesco 6 for a quid. I think it's personal taste. I mean, obviously, you've been used to eating cheaper, Johnny. Uh, Simon says, glad to see Kendra getting the nasty Bush Tucker trials. What a horrible person she is. What a vile person. You know, apparently she said she had to be drunk or stoned to have sex with uh, with the bloke in the Playboy Mansion. (laughs) Yeah, right. He says, do you think that Judy Murray will teach Andy and Kim the last waltz? Well, she can't dance. Imagine how exciting Christmas is in the Murray household. They'll be like that. Dead silence. Nobody's got any personal... I've never known such a dull family. Mother's as boring as heck, and her son's dreary. dreary. I suppose the daughter's going, well, at least he's rich. At least he's rich. There's some... Actually, talking of that, there's a woman in the paper today. She she married a Russian oligarch, and uh, she's hoping to get 100 million out of him. Uh, this is the second marriage. She's, she, she marries rich old men, and then sort of divorces them, and then takes the money, because that's how it works nowadays. And so she's having the case heard in this country. Because apparently it's sort of, we, we sort of, she's in Portugal, I think, at the moment, but we, we sort of go down on the side of the, the woman in this country. So she's hoping for a lot of money. She's a bit like all those housewife programmes. I do like the housewife programmes. I can't, in fact, to be honest with you, I could happily end my day sitting in front of the television with some little nibbles. I was going to buy some little nibbles the other day, but I didn't. I bought socks instead. I bought some shirts and some socks, and I was going to buy some, some little smoked salmon nibbles from M&S. But to be honest with you... You know, they're, they're, they're more middle stuff as opposed to smoked salmon. I mean, you could, you could see through this smoked salmon. It was so blooming thin. Bit of a shame, really, because Marks and Spencer's standard has dropped. Kind of with, with a lot of other things. Um, people talking about the consumption of cats. I really wasn't aware of this in Switzerland. Is this some new thing? Are these Chinese restaurants over there? I've, I've got no idea. I've got no idea why all of a sudden the people of Switzerland, who I thought invented Toblerone, would be eating cat. Very odd one, isn't it? Very odd. The uh, the Daily Mail is running with the uh, uh, Paul Kohler, who was beaten up in his house uh, by these Polish thugs who were allowed to stroll into the UK. And, and he, he says, I just want to meet them. I just want to meet them. And um, there was, I mean, they beat him black and blue. He had to have reconstructive surgery. To be honest with you, I'd hang them. I would absolutely have them swinging from a yardarm. No hesitation whatsoever. I mean, one of them called uh, David Taishan, is a violent career criminal who masterminded the raid but tried to persuade police he was only the getaway driver. So he's a big girl's blouse as well. I'd have him hanging straight away. Wanted by the Polish prison authorities and at least two forces, he's a violent gangster linked to robberies, drugs and car crime. Hang him. Hang him. Let's not waste time. I'm sick to death of wasting time with these people. Uh, There's another one, Mariusz who fled Poland, Peace Files described him as a very dangerous man. And he just wandered into this country. And they beat this man black and blue. Well, I hope when you get into prison, pals, I hope that we treat you with the respect you deserve. I hope they beat you black and blue. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, hopefully at the end of it, we'll just deport them and they'll never come here again. Why do we, these people just stroll in? It's obviously no border control, is there? Convicted murderers, rapists and paedophiles can wander in at the border and they don't have to tell anybody... 
they don't have to tell anybody exactly why they're here or what their criminal past is. They don't have to say anything at all. So in they come. We've had people coming from other countries who are who are who are rapists, and they and they commit more rape. And we go, oh, it's okay, don't worry. We send you on a nice holiday and give you some compensation because we kept you in uh, in custody for a little while. Uh, more people complaining about Tony Blair's award. I'm sorry, I'm, I don't care what anybody's politics is. When I look at Tony Blair, I see the word smug. When I look at Tony Blair, I see the word naff. And when I see this, you know, he's now a celebrity ambassador, I'm afraid I feel vomit. It's as simple as that. And quite clearly, the people who work for the charities, you know... Uh, really, they're suffering. Save, save the children are going to suffer as a result of this. I think a lot of people say that they're a hypocrisy uh, to themselves. This is just absolutely... They, they've tried to play it down by saying it was given by the American arm of the charity. It doesn't matter where it comes from. They've given it to Tony Blair and the donors, the volunteers and the ambassadors have now attacked Save the Children. There's 100,000 people have signed the petition. And that gives you a rough idea how bad the feeling is. I think people will move... I think people will move away from uh, from Save the Children and they'll go to another charity. Uh, they will they will they will suffer as a result of that purely because the award was given by people that Tony Blair knows. In fact, they used to work for him. Most of them. It's called Jobs for the Boys, isn't it? Uh, another one has your description of Black Friday is incorrect. Uh, I don't think so. I think we've been absolutely accurate on Black Friday all the way through. It occurs the day after Thanksgiving in America, and it's the way that the uh, the retailers offer like a sale. They're offering discounts on everything so they can move from the red into the black. But, of course, there's a load of old cobblers because they weren't in the red in the first place. It's just a way of raking in a bit more money before the festive season. That's exactly what it is, and I'm never wrong, as you know. And I defy anybody. Uh, 8 for 850. Somebody says, uh, cat... Is, uh, isn't the perfect meal for me, Al. The Chinese eat anything that moves. Well, they've always said that. They said if it's got legs, unless it's a table, they're going to eat it. But they're, they're in keeping with the rest of the world. It's only here where we go, oh, look, brave little kittens, and they play around, and, and dogs and stuff like that. And we see them as domestic. They have, they have dogs as domestic pets, and they have cats as domestic pets as well. They just happen to eat them too. They don't eat their own pets. But you've got restaurants in, in China. They've got snake... We eat lobster. What's the difference? What's the difference? No difference at all. We eat all sorts of things. We eat chickens, don't we? I love the way somebody was described, might have been on Ollie's, on Ollie's programme, where they were sort of saying that, um, you know, they, animals like to have a nice life before they die. And you go, do you think they like having a nice life? Do you think they know they're having a nice life? Not like giving a child a sweet and saying, there you go, that's a sweet. You go, oh, that's nice. And then killing the child. That, that wouldn't work at all. And so they say, at least, you know, they died happy. They don't know they're going to die. You don't think animals sit there and go, what do we do next week? What should we do next week? December the 20th. What shall we do? You know, you're going to die. Well, no two ways about it, is there really? A little bit sad. LBC News Time. It's 4.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. There's a, a war going on out there, and the war is over champagne. Tesco's are now knocking out champagne at eight quid a bottle. Apparently, uh, to get something as good as this, you could have gone back uh, ten years. And so all the other supermarkets are following suit. Lidl are doing it £12, Aldi £17. Uh, I have to be honest, it's champagnes I've never heard of. I've only heard of some of the big brand names. I haven't heard of any of these here. But uh, this is uh, Pierre Darcy Champagne. 
uh, Asda, a cutting there's from 24.25 to 10 quid. To be honest with you, it's, it's almost getting as cheap to drink champagne as it is to drink Prosecco. So they're going to do it over Christmas. They're all trying to sort of get very excited about the whole thing. And, uh, and I'm sure that people want champagne. We don't drink it all over Christmas. We just do it as a toast. A little bit of champagne and some orange juice, and that's about it. I'm not, I'm not, really, not, not really that fussed about it. I'd rather have the Prosecco. Odd, isn't it, really? Uh, I've tried the Iceland Luxury Mints Pies, Steve, but I still prefer Marks and Spencer's ones, especially the mini ones. I should probably put my name down for a gastric ban now before they run out. Yes, I, I would think this year we're all going to be as big as whales, aren't we? As big as whales. Uh, 84850. Jill says, I'm in my third week of flu and the cough lingers. She's tried those Cavonia sugar-free from Tesco. They don't work for me. They don't work for me. Sometimes because I do a lot of talking. No. Yes, seriously, I do a lot of talking. You know, you do eventually strain your voice a little bit, but I'm, I'm generally speaking, quite, quite lucky with it. Quite lucky. Um, uh, Alan of Ealing talks about the five-bird roast uh, on the subject of uh, Black Friday. Because the stores go out of the red and into the black. It's a load of old codswallop. They weren't in the red in the first place. Have you seen what these places turn over? And uh, Monday, after they call it Cyber Monday, uh, the websites are starting sales on Black Friday. Walmart have an offer. The two-hour promise, where they promise you can get the top deals, like a 50-inch flat-screen television for 150 US dollars by Christmas. Meaning, if you go in the first two hours and they've run out, they'll still sell it to you for the great ideas. I always buy tones on Amazon this weekend. Yes, in fact, the producer's going to start trawling. In fact, he's trawling Amazon even as I speak to find out how much money he can save for Black Friday before he goes off for that one turkey leg which they've got to share. Pfft. <laughs> uh, 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 84850, steve at uk, And um, uh, Frank sent me in a website, a list of the best American Black Friday loss leaders called Doorbusters. Thank you. It's a good idea, but at least it's, it's creeping over here. And, of course, we love a bargain, don't we? We love a bargain. Val says, I saw advertised last night, coming soon to ITV, the Housewives of Cheshire. No, it won't, it won't be any good because they're all, they're, they're all just chavvies. They're all chavvies. There's nobody with any class in it. In this lot, they've got loads of money in America. The Housewives of Cheshire were a bunch of deadbeats. It's like doing the storage wars over here. They're just a lot of stupid people who want to be on the television. That's all they are. They don't actually have any, any particular talent for doing anything at all. Anything at all. It's just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. The Housewives of Cheshire, though, no, it'd be those naff footballers' wives. And you know how dim they are. We've all seen Nicola McLean, haven't we? Hello. We've got funny little voices. Gemma Collins has gone back into uh, Towie. Funny that, actually, isn't it? Oh, she couldn't wait to drag her weary carcass down there, but apparently she's not talking anything about the jungle. She had to beg the producers to put her back in again. I couldn't care less about it. As soon as she disappears, the better. I think they're, they're being weak and ineffectual by keeping her in the programme. I'm sorry, as far as I'm concerned. They go, of course, Towie's where she feels safest. <laughs> really? That's where she's the most foul-mouthed in Towie. Absolutely every episode. Foul-mouthed, filth-bucket Collins comes up with some of the most awful... And happy... Happy? She's never found a boyfriend yet in there who's managed to stay with her. Bad news on the arch front. It looks like he's having to sell his house because they've stopped him doing his work. I don't quite know how they manage that, but I'm assuming that because they're all tied into contracts with Towie, they control their personal appearances. And apparently Arge can make up to £3,000 a time. Um, it's not a lot on coke, is it, really, when you think about it? But apparently that's dried up. He's not back in the programme at the moment. and there's no... So in other words, he hasn't saved a penny piece. You'd have thought. It's been running for a few years now. He should have saved up minimum, minimum, 
£500,000 minimum. He should have saved up, but of course he hasn't. Saved nothing at all. So they say he's uh, he needs to, to get back into the programme. Well, I don't think so. Nobody cares about you anymore, mate. You, uh, we've had the last of you. I wish you could take Gemma Collins with you. I'd be glad to see the back of her. Uh, 84850, please uh, slow down a bit, Steve. I can't slow down. I've only got so much time. I've got two and a half hours to get four hours worth of material in. Other programmes do it a bit slower, but not me. Not me. And uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And um, lovely here. Uh, this this is... I can never read some of these things, actually. And Oh, it's somebody who takes medication <laughs> called paroxetine. Oh, God. There's nothing worse is than when you get somebody on medication who just says, I suspect you're envious of other people having fun. Really? What? What? We're having great fun, the producer just said. <laughs> You've not been privy to Murray, Mum, then the engagement. You're disdainful about too many people. Oh, you're on medication. You're off your trolley, aren't you? Envious of other people. I have to keep putting this right to people. You know, people of limited intelligence. I've never been envious of anybody. Why would I be envious of anybody? I've got one of the best programmes on the radio, one of the biggest audiences. I've got a very healthy bank account. I drive a very nice car. I've got lovely family and friends. And uh, and I'm finishing work in about two hours' time. Yeah, it's a shame about the producer. I mean, if we had a better producer, we could probably do a better programme. But, I mean, you know, apart from that, envious? What, what earth would I be envious of? Good God, there's 14 of us for Christmas lunch. How much more envy? I should imagine the Murrays will sit around, sort of just staring into space, being the boring family that they are. It's called Clegg today. That'll be an intro. I wonder what he'll be talking about today. I wonder what he'll be talking about today. Lots of people talk about the gastric band. Uh, Callum Best, Steve, is about as much used as a chocolate teapot. Wouldn't last five minutes in the jungle. Burnt the dinner on Celebrity Come Dine With Me. I know, who is he, though? Who is he? He's just George Best's son, and he became a playboy. And so they, uh, they sort of thought, uh, he's, he's obviously very interested, but the trouble is, he's as boring as hell. I mean, he really, he's possibly one of the dullest people I've ever seen on the... T- That's why you don't see him cropping up on these programmes. His reason will probably be that uh, he doesn't need the money. But uh, I suspect he probably does. He's in Dubai at the moment. And that's where we got the picture of him the other day. And I remember thinking at the time, oh, God, if they go to Dubai, that really is the worst, the worst. Uh, more on um, James Argent in the Bizarre Column. And uh, they say he was booted as well off the lineup for the new ITV show Get Your Act Together, where he would have been tap dancing. Now he's struggling for cash after being banned from making profit turning personal appearances. Is it because he's stupid? It's because he's very, very stupid. He's very ignorant. He's very thick. And, uh, and he's got no talent. So, you know, why would we worry about it? Callum, oh, here, here is the bit on Callum Best in the TV biz column in the papers today. Bosses hope the model... Model? When did he last do modelling? What was that for? Lego will help sex up the Channel 5 show with Callum Best. I mean, good God, honestly, you'd have to explain to people in there who he was to start with. And they say his famous conquests include... Wait for this one, you'll just wet yourself laughing. Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) Bianca Gascoigne. God. We've scraped the barrel. Rebecca Luce and Sarah Harding. Good God, all the girls who've got the word easy stamped on the front and back of their knickers. Not exactly the most difficult people to pull. Bianca Gascoigne dragging out another 35 seconds of tawdriness. Sarah Harding, is that in between rehab? Lindsay Lohan, good God in heaven. You can't find somebody who's made less court appearances. And Rebecca Luce, really? 
She must be about 90 by now, isn't she? Dear me, and so they're thinking that he's going to sex it up. He's got nothing to contribute as well. They, he was in ITV2's Callum, Fran and Dangerous Danan, which saw him and two pals on a road trip. I think we missed that one. Did we, anybody else see that one? No, we all missed it. And um, Totally Callum Best, which saw him try to say celibate for 50 days. Anybody with that one? No, none of us. Nobody saw anything that he's done. In fact, most people thought he was dead. I had no idea that he was still dragging himself around. Andy and Kim to marry, front page. Oh, these are gastric bypasses. If we have them done, if you're overweight and diabetic, <coughs> excuse me, £6,000, the operation. Six thousand. That's quite cheap, isn't it? Six thousand. My stents cost more than that. Gastric band, 2,588. And what it does, it just sort of, it's uh, stapled through, through your stomach and it means that you accept less food. I like that idea, actually. I quite like that idea. Because secretly, I think, you know, apart from being desperately attractive, I'd quite like to be desperately attractive and thinner. That would be the, that, that would be the key, as far as I'm concerned, for next year. Desperately attractive and a thinner person. Who's this here? Picture of fatherhood. It's a British jihadist. Siddhartha Dar, who posted the image on Twitter. He's a bit simple in the head. He's not got all the brains in there at all. He's cuddling his, uh, cuddling his uh, baby and uh, holding a Kalashnikov. Thicko, thicko. Ronan Keating wears red socks. Why? As a tribute to Stephen Gately. I didn't quite get that one. But um, he dedicates his uh, performance in Once to Stephen, who died five years... Was it five years ago that Stephen Gately died? God blimey. Five years ago. Five years ago he died. I can't believe it. Unbelievable. But um, he did Joseph and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. He was amazing in it. Musical theatre was Stephen's gig. Um, and now it's Ronan's gig. He's got some quite good reviews. Well, I've read one. I've read one review and it said he was very good, so that must be, it must be good news for him. He plays a busker, I think, in Once, based on, a, based on a book. Notorious gangster, mad, Frankie, sad and now dead, Fraser, died in hospital yesterday. His family took the decision to withdraw his life support, but he was thrilled. Lying there going, oh, look, the family have come to see me. OK, switch it off now. Hello? Hello? What's going on? What's happening? What are you turning it off for? OK, t- just turn it off now. <laughs> he's 90, I suppose. They say he's not suffering anymore. Well, he was given loads of free medical stuff, wasn't he? Which is good. And he's got a son. He had an injured leg, fractured in a prison riot. He started in the 1960s. Uh, his son David's 56, and he said, we're glad he's not in any pain and isn't suffering anymore. He fought it to the end. Well, he was lucky to get to 90. I think the baby Jesus wanted him on numerous occasions. Apparently a film about his life is currently in the works. Oh, well, there you go. He was apparently planning for the future. What future? He was dubbed Britain's most dangerous man by two home secretaries. He was given an ASBO after he chased a fellow resident in an old people's home. And um, and now he's he's dead. Well, there you go. And they're planning a film about him. Maybe that's not going to be sanitised. That'd be dreadfully dreary, wouldn't it? I mean, mad Frankie. He was about as big as a toothbrush. Tiny little thing he was. Tiny, tiny little thing. It's quarter to five. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, you're pretty nice to be company. Welcome to Thursday. It's nice, isn't it? We like that. Uh, another one says, if you're having issues with your cab drivers bringing you in, give me a call. I live in Richmond. Been a chauffeur for 15 years in central London. Uh, the one this morning, I'm in a danger to himself. As I say, I'm surprised he's not actually had an accident uh, up until now. Pablo says, I haven't been out with Sarah Harding yet. I'm sure she'll get round to me. Oh, I'm sure she'll get round to everybody. I always used to laugh about Sarah Harding because every time we'd see her, she used to get loads of coverage. 
in all the newspapers. Every time you opened up a newspaper, it was a bit like Kelly Brook, you know, to the point of boredom. There was another picture of Sarah Harding. And then there were loads of pictures of Sarah Harding falling out of nightclubs, Sarah Harding looking a bit inebriated, Sarah Harding on her knees, Sarah Harding in the gutter, Sarah Harding going to rehab. In fact, it was just Sarah Harding. We sort of, we went completely mad, didn't we? And, and it's turned out that everybody in the group seems to have done quite well, except Sarah Harding. She tried to do a little bit of everything. She tried to be sort of the sexy one in Only Girls Allowed, but then that didn't quite work. And so then she classed herself as an actress, and that didn't really work either. And then she tried to go back to the singing bit, and that kind of fell flat. And I've, I remember saying on the programme, somebody, uh, somebody is... Uh, sorry, I'll just, I'll just bring you some news, which is just breaking in just one second. Um, and, and somebody said, oh, she's... she's going into the studio to bring an album out. And I said, no, 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 don't, don't bring an album out, please. Nobody will buy it. They'll buy a group, but they will, not, they will not buy into you being a singer again. Uh, the news has just come in from Australia that the Australian batsman Philip Hughes has died at the age of 25. That's just come out on Cricket Australia on their official Twitter side, uh, uh, site. And uh, questions that are being asked now, why it took 23 minutes for an ambulance to reach him. This is after his skull was fractured by a ball at the Sydney Cricket Ground on Tuesday. He was in an induced coma, uh, which means that they put him into a coma state, so hopefully then bring him around later. He had bleeding on the brain, and uh, family and friends were at his uh, bedside. And there are lots of uh, calls now. Uh, they were saying that uh, the test must go ahead, but I can now confirm that he has, in fact, died at the age of 25. When we got more news on that, I'll bring... He couldn't actually breathe by himself. So, sad news this morning that uh, I thought there was... I did say yesterday morning, I said, I don't... You know, we, we laughed, didn't we, when they brought in all these helmets that the cricketers were wearing with the face guards at the front. But it's just for this kind of reason that when these balls come down at this thundering rate, there is the danger. As somebody thwacks it, they could thwack it into somebody's head. And in his case, he's lost his life at the age of 25. Immensely sad. Immensely sad. We'll bring you some updates on that as we go through the, uh, the programme this morning. Going back to the uh, newspapers and uh, the stories there. I have seen the Paddington Bears around London. I've been there for about two weeks, Chris. A little bit late on that one, but never mind. There's one in Selfridge's window, I think. They've got one there. And there's one in Leicester Square. I don't know where the other ones are. I, I just like discovering them um, as you sort of wander around. Uh, the BBC are looking for £400 million more savings. Oh, good. Can I suggest that we axe anything with, a, with Miranda in, <laughs> please? It's only because I just don't find it funny. But there again, you know, horses for courses. You know, there's probably people listening to this programme don't think this is very funny either. But there again, I, it doesn't really matter to me. I don't have to sort of worry about things like that. I've got, I can afford to shed one person this morning, so that's good. Uh, they may slash their TV and radio programme budget. They could certainly slash the radio budget, definitely. And uh, they've now published a report. Honestly, they have to publish a report on it. Here is a report on the BBC and how we have to save £400 million. It's a load of actually cods. Well, yes, perhaps less reports. I wouldn't like to imagine how much this report cost to report to the board on exactly how much money they're wasting on reports. Tony Hall has announced plans to axe Youth Channel, BBC Three, angering many of its own presenters. Well, stuff them. Stuff them. Who cares about angering a few presenters? My God, either you're a man or you're a mouse. You know, if you're looking to save money and programmes don't get an audience, I couldn't really give a flying forex about it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. A source said it's uh, increasingly likely that other stations and programmes will be slimmed down or cut. That means they'll be doing something in the Outer Hebrides. 
won't be anything of any substantial. You know, they've already, strange enough, they've just revamped Songs of Praise. Possibly made it worse. Didn't actually think it was possible to make a straightforward programme with hymns on it. Actually worse. But it is. They said here the controversial IT project known as the Digital Media Initiative was axed by Lord Hall at a cost of £100 million to the licence fee payer. Uh, and then they handed out £389 million in severance pay to the staff over eight years. So, in other words, it's a load of old codswallop, isn't it, really? You look round the radio programmes that they've got on the BBC and you look at how many people are working on them and you think, just, what are they doing? I can remember the uh, much-missed Mike Dickin accepting an award from the Variety Club. He got uh, Radio Personality of the Year. And uh, before him, there'd been a BBC programme, and they sort of all trooped up there. And there was about 15 people up on the stage, and Mike Dickin goes up there with his producer, and he said, this is my staff, this is my producer, this is the person who drives the programme, this is the person who does everything. The BBC just waste money. Absolutely waste it. I tell you what, they, they, they could get rid of Dermot O'Dreary's programme. That's a bit naff, isn't it? There's a man who can't do radio. I feel I'm, I'm in a much better position to say that. And the, and the fat bird with the bleach blonde hair, who's she? Get rid of her as well. I have to get rid of her. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Whatever you may think of Frankie Fraser goes, Alex, it's unkind to speak ill of the dead. I'm glad he's dead, actually, Alex. I'm really glad he's dead. Really, what do you think he was? A cosy little man? A cosy little man? You're as mad as a fruitcake, aren't you, pal? And uh, no, it's not a case of don't respect. Glad he's dead. Glad he's dead. Simple as that. I don't know how you can possibly think anything else, unless you're particularly stupid. So they get, And he can't respond. Why would he respond? He spent 42 years of his life in prison. Which bit did you disagree with? God, blimey, get some stupid people around you. You have to be the classic one this morning. Uh, more in the paper today about, well, in fact, lionising a brainless psychopath. That's Simon Heffer's view on, uh, on uh, poor old Frankie Fraser, a man, you know, who was uh, wrapped up in his own, his own shallowness. And uh, they say here he was just publicity hungry. Absolutely publicity hungry. He was a, a psychopathic killer. That's what he did. He ripped people's faces to bits with, uh, with razor blades. He was just vile. He was just absolutely vile. And I love it when sort of somebody goes, oh, he was actually an inspiration to me. Well, you're a bigger fool than you sound then, aren't you? He was an enforcer. I think by the time he left prison in 1989, he'd done uh, 42 years. 42 years. Birched at 17 for attacking a prison officer. Three spells in Broadmoor. It's because he was mentally ill. And he was called Mad Frankie and the dentist because he pulled people's teeth out with pliers. He was jailed for ten years. Two years later, a further five years for leading a riot. 75, he assaulted three prison officers. He tried to build a career as a celebrity. Didn't quite work, actually. And uh, in 97, called as a character witness on the trial of Charlie Cray on drugs charges. Hilarious, isn't it? Last year, got on ASBO at the old people's home, following an argument over a chair. He was living in a care home. It's what you call a dismal failure, I'm afraid. Dismal failure. I did get a poem to read to you today. We, we get poems from the Black Cab Poet, but this is one from Merle. It's called The Sozzled Cook. And I thought you might like it just before the news at five o'clock this morning. It's time to make the Christmas cake. I have ingredients handy. I've currants, nuts and flour and eggs, and, of course, the cognac brandy. I've soaked the fruit for many hours in brandy, treacle and spice. And now to add all the other delights. Oh, that brandy smells so nice. Luscious almonds from sunny Spain. Rich, dark treacle, butter and zest. It's getting quite a job to stir, but I'm doing my level best. Does brandy lose its flavour? I've had it quite a time. Perhaps I should have tried it first. Oh, that seems just fine. The cake is in the oven. The aroma's quite divine. There's some brandy left in the bottle. I think it's mine. All mine. The time is up. The cake is cooked. Time to open the oven door. It really is quite heavy. Oh, heck, it's landed on the floor. 
Now, Cake and me are on the floor. I need a strong man handy, but here I am, all on my own. I think I need more brandy. It took a while to sort that out, but the cake's now on the table. Thank goodness I don't have to ice it yet. I do feel quite unable. It stood and matured for three weeks now, and with brandy I've been lacing. If I stand too close and take deep breaths, I forget which way I'm facing. Time now for the marzipan. The icing then will follow. Boy, the strong smell of the brandy makes my legs feel rather hollow. The icing's looking quite a mess, and it's difficult to hide. Oops, the snowman and the Christmas tree are sliding down the side. The whole thing's a disaster. It's going in the bin, on top of which the brandy's done. But I know where there's plenty of gin. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Merle, there you go. It's our Chris- if you think you have a hankering for writing poetry, do, do drop us uh, a line. Uh, we've got more on the statement from the Australian team doctor, which is Peter Bruckner, on Philip Hughes. And uh, the statement reads as follows. It's my sad duty to inform you that a short while ago, Philip Hughes passed away. He never regained consciousness following his injury on Tuesday. He was not in pain before he passed and was surrounded by his family and close friends. As a cricket community, we mourn his loss and extend our deepest sympathies to Philip's family and friends at this incredibly sad time. Cricket Australia kindly asks that the privacy of the Hughes family, players and staff be respected. And that's from the Australian team doctor, Peter Bruckner. Very sad. So if you've just woken up to that news, he's passed away at the age of 25. That was uh, after not regaining consciousness after he was hit by that cricket ball. I hate giving you sad news in the morning. I think, especially coming up to five o'clock, it's really uh, not so good. Not so good. Uh, coffee fights off Alzheimer's. They tell us. Who says this? Doctors. Apparently, three to five cups a day. Three to five cups. You have to work out how many cups of coffee I would have in the course of a day. This is my second cup here. I've had one at home, so that's three cups of coffee. Now I shall go back and I will have three more. So that's six. That yes, that's probably about it. In the morning, that is probably probably about all I would actually have in the morning. So that's actually not not too bad. Uh, other one here. Oh, somebody commenting on the presenter on the program. Quite outrageous, I think that. And uh, prosecco is better than champagne, but English speaking is a world beater. Thank you, Nick. I do like prosecco. <laughs> I have to be I have to be brutally honest with you. It's one of my uh, one of my favourites. Uh, the scandal in the paper today of how Britain treats the elderly. And I'll come round to that in a moment. Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. Two million of you are eligible for gastric bans. The growing outrage. It's gathering momentum around the world. Over Tony Blair's award, people say, I'm not giving any more money to save the children. Miranda cringed over doing live shows, but trousered £7 million. Uh, Andy and Kim to marry. End of boring... uh, Trivial thing. Fat Girl Fat arrives back in time for the Towie Christmas special. Uh, the pie-eyed groom cuffed on the plane. The Church of Chav and the human statue left a little boy in tears. They've become more frightening in London. Have you ever seen these people? My God, if anybody looked like career criminals, it's those living statues and the people who hang about on poles. It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. That and more is next. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, every Thursday morning in London town. We're coming to you live from Leicester Square. I'm Steve Allen with you till 6.30. Two million people eligible for gastric bans. 
Sounds good. They think they should start doing it immediately. We're now having obese 11-year-olds as well. A dog really does understand the tone of his master's voice. Uh, got a lovely house for you for sale. It's only about 1.25 million, which is relatively inexpensive for London. Uh, this is out of London. The good news is King Arthur is apparently buried in the garden. I think that's one for time, team. Uh, the warning today, don't, pick, don't take pictures of bears in the woods. They might come to take revenge. The pie-eyed groom cuffed on the plane and a human statue who left a little boy in tears. He didn't like it at all. He handcuffed him. It's LBC. And the news, if you missed it, if you've only just woken up, that Cricket Australia has announced that batsman Philip Hughes has died. He was just 25 years old. He suffered a severe head injury in a cricket match in Sydney. Uh, The Australian team doctor has confirmed he never regained consciousness. Uh, He wasn't suffering. He died with his family and friends at his bedside. Dreadful, dreadful news. Dreadful news. And we'll have more on that throughout the morning on LBC. But they've said, could you... uh, you know, respect the privacy of the family and the team players as well. I think that's going to leave everybody with a, with a, a bit of a, a shock factor this morning. Uh, Steve, a friend of mine who went in for a gastric band, thought he was going to be wine-dined and serenaded. If only, if only. And uh, yes, says CJ, I certainly remember Mike Dickin. He always uh, carried a torch for the picked-on motorist. Yes, he, his, his big thing was caravans. He hated caravans until somebody went down to his house in Cornwall and took a picture of a caravan on his drive. Yes, I remember Mike Dickin very, very well. I had uh, many a drunken night in a pub with Mike uh, Dickin. (laughs) Yes. The scandal in the paper today of how Britain treats its elderly. Millions of pensioners struggling to look after themselves. And it really is appalling. It really is appalling. Sometimes, and I know it's going to sound really dark, sometimes I sit on the bus and there'll be an old lady sitting on there and you can just tell... Well, I always think you can, but I might be... Re- Actually, having said this, I pro- might have to retract it later on. I always think you could look at people and think, I bet you, you're eking out a little pension. And you want to give somebody... And I wanted to, to get some Christmas cards just done. Just normal, just normal Christmas cards, not saying anything else. But inside, you know, say, to wish you a very Merry Christmas from a well-wisher and put a £50 note in there and just hand it out to somebody on a bus... But they tried to do it some years ago. There was a, a man who was handing out bundles of notes to people, and most people thought it was some joke, so they didn't touch it. Whereas I think, you know, if you see somebody, and I, I do watch people, I'm, I'm a great people, always have been for ages and ages, I like looking at people, and I think to myself, I'd like to go up to you and say, it's not charity, but I want to make sure that this Christmas you don't have to, to worry about things, so there's £50. And it seems ridiculous, doesn't it? Do other people think like that? I suppose that's what charity is. I suppose that's what charity is, isn't it? You do something for somebody. And if they do uh, if they do actually approach me in one of the supermarkets and say, we're collecting for elderly people, and uh, can you add a few extra items into your shopping basket, I shall do it willingly. Chocolate biscuits, tea bags. Oh, gorgeous. Absolutely. Um, 84850. Uh, coffee what? Heading off dementia, apparently. Heading off dementia. Alzheimer's, that's what they say. If you drink three cups a day... I thought they said, actually, that caffeine was really bad for you. That's what they keep telling. They keep saying caffeine's bad for you. Now they're saying it's OK. I don't believe a word of it. I don't believe a word of it. There's also a young mother of uh, two. That's a picture of her here. Her name is Amy. Amy Willett discovered she had cancer following a smear test last year. She underwent a routine check after turning 25, the age at which the NHS screening starts. But after the test, doctors gave her the devastating news that she had cancerous cells and last June she was told another inoperable tumour had been found. So she's facing now her last Christmas. I mean, you know, 
It's awful, really, that, you know, we can put a man on the moon and we can do all sorts of wonderful things and yet we can't sort out cancer. Her first smear test revealed she had terminal cancer. She's got two little boys, Caleb, who's three, and Charlie, who's eight, and I don't know whether they know that their mummy's Christmas might might be the last. I don't know how you explain things like that. Mummy's going away to be with the angels, all sorts of things people come up with. And she says that, you know, people now should have it earlier. Um, she's been with Mr Bond, the father of Caleb and stepfather to Charlie, for six years. She says, we're taking the kids to Lapland as a surprise. That's Lapland, UK. I'm not sure that's very exciting. I would think Lapland, Lapland would be better to go to. So, uh, they say, getting married might be a bit difficult due to money. Other things on my list, seeing the Eiffel Tower light show and Disneyland Paris with the boys. You see, that's what I think uh, some television programmes are good for. Noel Edmonds, for his uh, Christmas present show. I hope they're doing it this year on Sky. That's exactly what I would, I would want to see on there. That's exactly the kind of story that is just going to break your hearts on the television. Two little boys are going to go out there, probably don't know why they're being taken to see all these different things, but that would be a lovely one. I know that Noel has done things before where they've taken people to Lapland, so you go off and you're inside the Arctic Circle and it's freezing cold and there's snow everywhere and it's, it's absolutely wonderful. And it's uh, and it's just a magical place, but uh, but for the boys it'll be something you always. We went there years ago, and I still remember it vividly. And the kids were really really young, really really young at the time. But everybody loved it. We didn't care that we were freezing. Well, we did care we were freezing to death because it was down to about minus twenty five. I think on one of the things that we did, we did the uh, skidoos, we did the midnight thing, and it's just beautiful. It is like somebody's waved a magic wand, and if you could wave a magic wand over over Amy Willett you would take away the cancerous growth, which is inoperable, and for whom this will probably be the last Christmas. It's a great shame, isn't it? So that's the sort of thing I'd like to see on the television at Christmas. I want to see people given something special. They've got so much money, these television programmes. They really have. When you look at they're wasting it on some of these third-rate programmes. Why can't we have something decent on, which tugs at the heartstrings and makes you realise that at this time of year, there is somebody far worse off than you. There is somebody who will be having a very miserable time, but for the sake of their kids, trying to put a, a brave face on it. There will be people who struggle over Christmas. There will be pensioners who will die because they can't afford to put the central heating on. There will be people who can't afford to go out. They will stay there. They don't want to be seen as taking charity. You have to kind of force it on people and say, listen, I just brought you around some soup. Just check on somebody. It's not, not a big thing to do. Not a big thing to do, you know, and if they need some help with something, you know, you can do it. If you can afford to buy a packet of cigarettes in this day and age, you can afford to help somebody who's less fortunate than yourself. It's as simple as that. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. John says, have you tried sparkling wine or wine? He's put down here. Perhaps it's something new. From Albury Estate in the Surrey Hills. Very nice, but expensive compared to Prosecco, which has to travel all the way from Italy. Yes. You see, it's funny that, isn't it? It's more expensive to bring it in from the Surrey Hills than it is to bring it in. Uh, Will you give your precious mince pies to the elderly? Will I, Buffalo? I don't think so. I've fought in Iceland for those. (laughs) What happened to Christine? How are you? Bleakly. Nothing. Disappeared completely. Disappeared completely. Career finished. No more offers on the television. I don't really know what you can do with her. She was one of these people... I think that once people have been on the television, they think that they have a God-given right to be there all the time. Whereas, in fact, I get bored with seeing the same people. So when they announced the other week, and we did it on LBC, that they were putting Kerry Katona on another reality show, I'm afraid I threw my hands up and went, well, that's it, isn't it? Who's going to watch that part of tripe? Nobody's interested. You know, she was... She's, we've seen enough of her. Thank you very much indeed. I don't want to see any more of Kerry Katona. I wanted to go and get a proper job. All these silly companies keep giving her 
you know, uh, things on reality shows, it, it means less and less that she's prepared for later life. I mean, she's about, what is she, 75 now, Kerry Katona? 76, I don't know, something like that. Certainly looks that old. And uh, I think she thinks the money's going to be there for life, but it's not. So she'll have to keep having children until eventually nobody will be able to afford to keep the children and they'll be put in care. Because who's going to look after them? That plank of a husband? I don't think so. I don't think so, ladies and gentlemen. Man's best friend is a much better listener than was previously thought. Dogs can process the different components of human speech and distinguish between instructions and expressions of emotion in much the same way as people do. The discovery, the first of its kind about dogs and speech, was made by researchers at the School of Psychology at the University of Sussex. That's what they do in these uh, things now. And so they've actually observed that when presented with clear, unemotional spoken commands, dogs turn to the right to listen showing a left hemisphere processing bias in their brains. But when what was being said was more subtle, dogs showed a significant right hemisphere bias. I know, I was bored with it as well. I, I, to be honest with you, I'd lost the will to live as well after that one. Uh, in the papers as well today, Miss World. Miss World, it's still going, actually. It's still going. It comes to the UK... And in the 70s, it was very big and it was very appropriate. And then we kind of lost interest in it. And then the, uh, the feminist movement, I remember at the Royal Albert Hall, started flower bombing people. I thought it looked quite pretty, actually. When they were in the cheap seats, of course. They couldn't afford to go to the proper seats. And they were throwing sort of bags of flour over. And I thought that made it look like snow. It was lovely. But anyway, has it changed very much? Yes, of course it has. It's, it's changed an awful lot. But... It's, uh, it's, it's the thing that we, we wanted to look at. Although, to be honest with you, you look at the girls here, and they're all very nice. But you see just as pretty girls walking down the street. You really do. You see lots of pretty girls walking down the street. But they wouldn't want to do this kind of thing. I think you get professional beauty pageant people. Chris says, thinking of people less off, I already watched Channel 5, but an excellent documentary was shown last night about young children living in near poverty in the UK. Made for very bleak viewing. I know, you have to think to yourself that sometimes people don't have anything. It is the story of the little match girl, isn't it? Again, the little match girl. That's all the, the Bryant and May kids out on the streets years and years ago. And they, they went out there and they were selling matches. They stood there. There was a bit of a riot, actually, one year with the little match girls. And they went out there and they, they decided that they, they weren't going to be selling it. They wanted a bit more money because it was quite dangerous to sell these matches with the sulphur and stuff like that. And the story of the little match girl was that she didn't have anything. She was cold and hungry and freezing. But when she lit the match, she saw everything. She saw food and everything else. And when they found her, she'd use all the matches up. Every time she lit a match, she saw another nice thing, a table groaning with food, a family that could have taken her in. But people didn't. The children died on the streets, and she was the little match girl who died, surrounded by all her spent matches. Very sad story. Very sad story. LBC News Time. It's 5.15. LBC. Nick of the team, it's Thursday, so of course it's uh, Call Clegg, the Deputy Prime Minister, joining Nick for another unmissable edition. Plus, as the latest immigration figures are set to fall way above the target promised by the Tories, Nick will be asking UKIP leader Nigel Farage, why have we achieved nothing with immigration? And as a top Tory says we should let teenagers have a say in the general election, Nick's got a special report on how young people are voting. Nick of the team at seven, after the morning news with Lisa Aziz, Hannah Tallett, the Sky News presenter, will be looking through the papers for Nick today. Over in the jungle... Yes, poor old uh, Jake Quickenden, the only non-celebrity in there. Together, oh, I tell a lie. Actually, there's Nadia as well. Nadia Ford, also a non-celebrity, claim to fame. She's nobody, and uh, he's trying to woo her. 
Yeah, right. Well, they both go back to oblivion when they come outside. She apparently hasn't spoken to her mother for years. So you knew there was some sort of history. But her best pal, Debbie O'Leary, says that the Irish model would be too busy for a fella in her life. Really? Doing what? She hasn't demonstrated anything at all today. She's slightly plump for a model. Um, and she's Irish. And we'd never heard of her before, so I don't see why she'll be particularly busy. Didn't seem to be particularly busy before this came along. And certainly not too, uh, not too busy after it, I suspect, as well. I suspect she'll be sitting down going, do you want fries with that? Uh, model Kendra Wilkinson says she was drunk or stoned for sex with Hugh Hefner. And um, she was 18, he was 78. She said, I had to smoke lots of weed to survive. This is the class act that we put in the jungle, ladies and gentlemen. I think switch off here would be the advice that I could be uh, offering anybody. Uh, the Queen's favourite chef nutted a pal in a drunken brawl at Buckingham Palace. I don't know why we should be surprised at this. They're only just normal people. We've seen how, how lots of them behave in the kitchen anyway. And how one of them actually uses Norse stock cubes. Shan't be eating there anytime soon. I'm quite I'm almost disappointed. Uh, John Richardson, the comedian. Um has got OCD. He says, makes it difficult for me to have serious relationships, so he's marrying the first proper girlfriend that he's had, which is quite good news. I quite like him, actually. I don't know where he's come from. I just know he pops up on the television and he's got a, a DVD out. He said, at one point, because of my OCD, I couldn't sit on my sofa, so I had to stand up in my own flat. I didn't know he had OCD. I don't know anything about it. Who else has got OCD? Must be somebody else actually having it. I mean, it's because he's on eight out of ten cats and he's fairly witty and quick. I've often, I've often looked at him thinking, what sort of person he'd be like to talk to? Would he be a good guest? The answer is yes, he probably would. John Tarod is going to be coming in, I think, tomorrow for an in conversation. And uh, who was the other one coming? There was somebody else coming in as well. I can't remember who it was actually. There was, uh, we've got John Cleese coming in tomorrow for a future recording. Well, in fact, for, for a recording tomorrow for a future transmission, and uh, then I got offered... Oh, I was offered loads of people the other day. Loads and loads of people, which is, uh, which is quite nice. We're trying to sort out the interview time for, uh, for John Tarot. The producer kept saying, saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. But I said, well, I don't do uh, John Cleese until a bit later on, so we can definitely squeeze in one in the morning. I was interviewed somebody else. Who was I? It was, I can't remember. It was a really good name. I'm thinking, oh, that's a nice one. I quite like Some Bride's Church send you Christmas greetings as indeed they always do. They have a lot of uh, things going on in St Bride's, and uh, they tell you about it. You can sort of join them. Uh, they're a lovely church, nice church, and they're always very good. I like it when churches kind of move into the community and they start doing things like sort of telling you, you know, exactly what they've got going on. And they say Christmas at St Bride's, you definitely won't forget it. And their canon is Alison Joyce, and they've got the Messiah workshop and concert. They've got a Christmas shop. They've got gifts. And it's a working church. Plus, they've got carols in Fleet Street on the 19th of December. So uh, they're always very good. I always like that. I reckon she's a listener to the programme secretly. You know what vicars are like? They're up very early. Or canons, I do beg your pardon. They're always up terribly early in the morning because there's so many things to do. And it's a nice, nice church to work in. Really nice work. Nice... Uh, thing. Uh, Phil says, you said you'd buy extra food for those who are worse off, but if you just bought the last three boxes of ice and luxury mince pies, would you give them over? No. Absolutely not. Not a cat in hell's chance. No. They, 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 they can have something. In fact, actually, they never stand inside Iceland. If they stood inside Iceland and said, can you buy some stuff in here? Well, then yes. I mean, obviously. But they always do it in Waitrose. And Waitrose don't do Iceland mince pies. And I've got those for myself. I bought another load the other day, actually. 
The, the boot of the car is looking roughly like a branch of Iceland. It's a, it's a little bit worrying. A little bit worrying. Um, who's this a picture of? It's a picture of uh, Damien Lewis showing off his OBE. He got it from uh, from Prince William. Queen obviously a bit busy doing some tapestry or something like that. So Prince William starts handing them out. And uh, Damien said, Will's told him Catherine and I are huge Homeland fans. They have to say that. Do you really think that, that, that he's a Homeland fan? I don't know. He might be, actually. He might be. Uh, fracking to desecrate the graves of 255 miners. The drill plan is disgusting. The graves of hundreds of miners killed in one of the UK's worst pit tragedies could be desecrated if controversial drilling plans go ahead. Up to 255 victims of the 1934 Gresford colliery disaster lie underground in a mass tomb. And they want to start drilling there. And the local people have said no. Absolutely not. And they're going to picket it, if necessary. Uh, whereas uh, one of the miners' relatives says gas will be extracted from the lungs of the dead miners for profit. Because there's 255 of them down there. They never brought them up. They uh, they stay in their in their tomb. Because we had disasters. We had lots of disasters. And that was, that was one of the major ones. And they don't want fracking going on there, which I can understand. Absolutely. There is the story of the... Uh, of the poor man. This is Darsh Patel, who was 22. And uh, he goes over to New Jersey. He's with his friends. And uh, they encounter a grizzly bear. 21 stone grizzly bear. So it's not something to be messed with, not like a cub. And uh, minutes after the snap, the black bear chased down and mauled Darsh Patel, who was hiking with four friends. Uh, The group encountered a couple who said they were being followed by the animal, David Sue. One of Patel's hiking pals told the police that they were warned to turn around, describing the couple as scared and walking fast. Sue initially hesitated, but the rest of the group wanted to see the bear, and he followed. They were about 300 feet away when they first spotted it, uh, and the bear seemed curious, because they do. They sniff the air. What's that? What's going on over there? And it turned out to be them. As they walked away, it began to follow and speed up. As the bear got to within 15 feet, the group separated. Witnesses say Patel lost a shoe but told his friends to keep running. The last they saw was he climbed a rock to escape. His body was found in a ravine with the bear circling his remains. The animal was shot dead by police who said it exhibited stalking-type behaviour. The post-mortem revealed that Patel suffered fatal injuries inflicted by the animal's claws and teeth in the September attack. His death is the first confirmed instance of a person being killed by a bear in New Jersey. As I said before... Don't take pictures of bears and don't get anywhere near them. Anywhere near them. They're, uh, they're dangerous. Broadcaster Clive James has admitted he may have exaggerated predictions of his death and is embarrassed he's still alive. Terribly sorry about that, he said. He's uh, leukaemia and a lung condition. He published a poem, Japanese Maple, early this year that forecast he'd be dead by autumn. Reminded by a radio DJ that it was now autumn, uh, Mr James says... You've raised an awkward point. I've put myself in a very embarrassing situation. <laughs> you know, reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> I do quite like it, actually. I like it. It's sweet. Uh, sad story about Amy Willett wanting to take her sons to places like Disneyland Paris, Lapland, the theme park in England. Next week we'll be hearing about the latest demands of that dreadful old baggage, Josie Cunningham, which she'll get, of course. Life isn't fair. No, it isn't. As I say, if I had rotten eggs uh, on my person, I'd be hurling them at Josie Cunningham, not from a distance, but really close up. 
really, really close up. I wouldn't have any, any messing about at all. I can't stand her. I think she's one of life's little sponges. Needs to get out there and do some work. Actually, you know, to be honest with you, I think what they should do is say, listen, we put you on benefits for about six months. If you haven't found a job, we're taking you off benefits. I don't know why we give benefits. You don't go to Afghanistan and go, should we go on benefits? You know, it's just ridiculous that we hand money out to people who are perfectly capable of working. She's not disabled or anything. She can actually get out there and work. Let's make her. Let's make her. Uh, Sue in Enfield says, didn't just pensioners struggling to keep their homes heated? Uh, we both work full-time and have children, yet have to be careful with the heating, too. We earn over the limit for tax credits. Yes, I mean, I'm, I suspect it's... A, the trouble is, when you're an elderly person, sometimes... They're, uh, they, they come from a different generation and they have to put up with a lot. If they've lost one or other partner, uh, they're there and they don't like to ask for help. They don't like to ask people. And sometimes families aren't aware of it either. I told you, a friend of mine, her father's dying at the moment. He's now on day five. He's had no food, no water, nothing. And he's t- I said, he's obviously made of sterner stuff than you ever imagined. She said, I know. He's 90 He's 19. He's not had anything to drink for five days. I mean, how long can you survive? It's amazing. Malcolm says, I remember Mike Dickin. He used to talk. Uh, if, if you said, how are you? He'd always say, my health is not in question. Pat says, talking about Bryant and May, I remember Barbara Windsor's. Who do you think you are? And one of her relatives worked at the factory making the matches. Very dangerous job it was, too. Very interesting. Very sad episode. Yes, I mean, the uh, the little match girl, they did go on strike. The Bryant and May girls went on strike. In the days when, you know, it was really a bit risky to go on strike. Chrissy says, just leave some mince pies for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll think about it. I'm not handing them out any time soon. I'm too busy bringing them in here for people. We have to keep this lot going for ages and ages. Uh, Liam Gallagher. He apparently uh, is pictured, well, he is pictured with a pint in a pub uh, just 24 hours after skipping a court date because he was sick. He was due in court on Friday in an ongoing child support battle with former mistress Lisa Gorbani, who had their child last year. But he cancelled the meeting, claiming he was too ill to fly, and then ends up in a pub. So there you go. LBC News Time. It's 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Christmas shopping gone mad, hasn't it, this week? Because uh, we rapidly approach the end of the month, 27th, it's only 30 days, so you've only got three more days, and then we're into December, and then it will go like that. So, so fast. So parents everywhere are gearing up to buy everything. Over in Dan's household, though, they're, they're well on top of it. Their Christmas shopping is done. It's finished. Expensive, as they've got uh, a pair to get, so they've got two iPad minis, and uh, also Disney US and Disney UK taking a battering, uh, PJs for the girls. Danny uh, bought for us. I let her pick what she wanted. So Sorofsky got hit by the Gilberts. One one bracelet and a Disney fairy later. And then they hit Reading and a DJ supplier. <laughs> so they sorted it all out. It's all been done. It's all been done. It's very, I mean, I actually, I did send uh, a rather terse message to the mother of my godchildren saying, will you let me know what they want? And she said, it's very difficult to try and get everybody to pin down what they want for Christmas. Anyway, my youngest... Uh, it's, it's fairly simple. She's at that age, she's 10, and she wants an iTunes voucher or um, a clothes voucher for New Look, which I think a lot of young girls go to. So I bought both of those things. And you just go into WH Smith's and you pick up these cards, go to the till and go, I'll put 40 on that one and 30 on that one. And they just swipe it on the till and, that, and that's it. You walk out. Very simple. The trouble is wrapping it. doesn't look so exciting, does it? It's like a little credit card. So I'm going to have to go and buy a little box from the pound shop and pop it in the box with some tissue paper. It looks a bit sad, really. Or failing that, I've discovered a cheap way of making uh, 
paper. I've got a, um, a paper shredder at home, an electric paper shredder. And I thought, if I buy some cheap crepe paper and I shred it, then it will be enough to sort of... That's all it is, isn't it? Shredded paper. Just put it in the bottom of something. Or some nice, pretty... Um, some pretty wrapping paper. That could be quite a good thing to do. That's, that's where the vat invoice. Do you think I've, I've shredded my vat? No, no, it's been accepted. I do it all online. All my VAT is done online, and they sent me a confirmation back saying, yes, we will be taking the money on the 10th of December. I think that's what you think. That's what you think. Anyway, so I'm glad you're all done, Dan. He says, we've even bought the bird for Christmas Day. I can't believe it. <laughs> they're, st- they're still getting over Thanksgiving round here. But I must warn people, and I must warn you now, that trading standards have uh, refused to let it go, let it go. I'm at one with the wind and... Anyway, uh, they seized a lorry of fake frozen toys. Where were they coming in from? China. Hundreds, hundreds of the dodgy snow glow Elsa dolls were discovered amongst a batch of nearly 170,000 Christmas gifts at the port of Dover. Some of the fakes included dangerous tree lights, which were not properly insulated, could have caused electric shocks. The 426 dolls were confirmed by Disney as counterfeit copies of Queen Elsa, Princess Anna dolls. Where they're going to? Markets. They're going to end up in markets. Uh, some of the items are, you know, are highly dangerous. Uh, apparently, Snow Glow Elsa, who sings, Let it go, let it go, is tipped to be the biggest selling toy in the Christmas rush this year. But, of course, places like Toys R Us, Tesco and Argus have already sold out. As a result, eBay entrepreneurs... Uh, jumping in by selling the doll, normally 35 quid, up to £150. That's the way that people do it, isn't it? They sort of buy it and then they, they say, I might do my mince pies. I could probably get some money for my mince pies, but I've never sold anything on eBay, so it's not much point, really. But just be, just be aware, if you go out to the markets and you see a stall holder with loads of these things, there is a very good chance they're counterfeit. There is a very good chance they're counterfeit. So just be aware, they might contain dangerous parts, and I would never in a million years, buy any Christmas lights from a market. I really wouldn't. They're far too dangerous. Far too dangerous. So uh, just, be, just be well aware of it. Just be aware. There's a picture of the paper today of Kelly Maloney, who's vowed, oh, so bored with Kelly Maloney, uh, not to have any more cosmetic surgery. Because apparently she's had this cosmetic surgery to her face. Well, unrecognisable. It looks awful. I mean, really, it looks absolutely dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. She told this morning, it's about the only people who are remotely interested in this dreary person. You know, dreary is a boxing manager. But to be honest with you, I mean, who cares? And so he's had this surgery on his face. Well, he looked better before. It's now all gone a bit pear-shaped, I'm afraid. A little bit pear-shaped. So uh, not particularly happy with that. Not particularly happy. You'll see the pictures in the papers today and you'll say exactly the same uh, as me. Sam says, get the mince pies from Sainsbury's. No, they're not better. In the taste test, the Good Housekeeping Institute, top of all of the mince pies, Iceland, I'm afraid. So, there you go. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Teresa says, I call withholding food and water a 90-year-old murder. Don't be so stupid. Not withholding it. When people go into the last throes of their life, they don't, they stop eating and they stop drinking. Perhaps that's what happens. You know, I'm surprised you don't know something like that. Perhaps you're not bright enough to know that. But that's what they do. They stop eating and drinking. It's not being withheld from them. They don't want it. They're asleep. They're in, they're in a deep, deep sleep. God, blimey, I tell you. I found some dim people in my time. Uh, if somebody shouts, there's a bear behind, probably best to make sure your trousers are pulled up or run, says CJ. Well, it is round our way. Yes, definitely. In, this, in the case of this boy, it's not the first time I've heard of it. Not the first time. The trouble is, bears, if they're scouting for food, they've got... They're like polar bears. 
They've really got very, very sensitive noses. They can sniff out uh, food. You know that, of course, polar bears can, can, can hear. Their hearing is so sensitive, they can hear and smell seals under the ice. They can literally dig down and find a baby seal under the ice. That's what they, that's what they do. And you don't argue with a 13-foot polar bear. I've seen them when they were doing one of these uh, Antarctic trips... The polar bear's walking along, and even from a distance of a few miles away, the bear can scent them on the area. You can see it sort of putting its snout up, and you think, it knows absolutely that there's people around there. And if there's people around there, that could... That could be uh, that could be the meal of the day. Uh, Bab says, read the gift box padding. Perhaps we found somewhere to put your tinsel. I don't actually have any tinsel. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any tinsel at all. I like looking at tinsel. I, think it, I like to watch it being made. It's a factory in this country that makes tinsel. I don't know how it's made. Is it a piece of string and sort of this, and it just goes into a machine and it, it twists it? I don't, I don't know how it works, really. Uh, Teresa says, My hubby who never misses a game is peeved. Sad day for player and cricket. It is, absolutely. This is after the death was announced this morning of the uh, batsman Philip Hughes, who has died at the age of 25. The worst thing is, he was wearing a helmet. Now, he was hit, as far as I know, on his ear, and that's a particularly sensitive part. It is, it is possible to hit somebody with a cricket ball on their ear with such force that it caused internal bleeding, and um, he never regained consciousness, and he died with, uh, with friends and family around him. That just came in just, a, just literally a short while ago, so you heard it first on LBC. Uh, the worst place in the country for drink driving... Drink driving. I don't think people did that anymore. It's far too dangerous. You get caught and uh, you're off the road straight away. This is a remote market town in Wales. Believe it or not, it's... Uh, I'll never pronounce it. It's uh, Landrindod Wells. You've been there. It's lovely. It's full of drunk drivers. Don't go there. It's the worst place in the country. It's near where? Erda. Rerda. Oh, right. Okay. Blackpool's number two. That's a big surprise. <laughs> I think the whole of Blackpool's drink driving. And uh, they look at offences per thousand residents. In Landridodwells, Landridodwells, look, see you back, uh, 1,982 per thousand residents. And it's quite pretty, apparently. I'm looking at a picture of it. It's very pretty. It's just that all the people on the road are a little bit tiddly. Uh, number two is Blackpool. No surprise there. Crew, Crew. That's another place that's on the list. Number three, Swansea. My God, they drink these Welsh, don't they? It's all you Welsh people, looks you, Bark. Uh, Swansea is at number four. Inverness is number five. Cardiff is number six. Kirkcaldy is number seven. Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury is at number eight. Darlington at number nine. I've been to Darlington. <gasps> See Darlington and die, they say. Oh, no, it's Northampton. At number ten. Good Lord, it's all these places. Mind you, I suppose if you lived in Clandidodwells, uh, you'd have to drink. There's nothing else to do there, is there, really? And so that's what people do. Well over the limit, they say, for their... Money Supermarket says, why do people still drink drive in rural spots like Handidrodwells? It could be a lack of public transport and the delusion that they won't get caught. But there's no excuse. It's illegal. And these people put lives in danger. I see them on the television. They had um, a man got pulled the other day because his number plate was wrong on the car. And he'd sort of, he'd spaced the letters so it spelt a word. I can't remember what the name, what, what the word was. It was obviously his name. And so the, it flashed up on the police car and they pulled him into the side of the road in Slough. 
God's own borough. There's a dump if ever there was one. Poet Laureate got it right. Come bombs, rain on slough. And, um, and they pulled him over and he sat there and blatantly lied. They said, um, um, have you been pulled over before for this number plate? Knowing he had. He had a, a section 59 or something against him. And he said no. And he said, oh, maybe my wife was driving. And then they said, um, are you banned from driving? No. And they said, well, that's very funny, because somebody matching your description with your name living at your address is banned from driving. No. What sort of licence do you have? Full. Right. You don't have any... Do you have any points on it? No. You do, don't you? You were banned from driving last week. He, turned, he just sat there blatantly lying like the complete idiot that he was. It was a nice, big, smart, shiny, not anymore, uh, BMW Range Rover type affair. And so they took it from him. Because, A, he was banned from driving, which meant that uh, he didn't have any insurance, because your insurance is null and void. And they stopped somebody else who, uh, who said he had insurance. And, of course, it's one of these fraudulent people who didn't have any insurance. To- and he was wanted out on licence. And they're out driving on the road. So by the time you get to Clandidodwells, you know, it's, it's a bit worrying, isn't it? Because these people are driving round. And some people would probably say, and I bet you anything, I could probably find people this morning, if I put my mind to it, who said they'd been drink driving for years, but they've never been stopped. It just takes that one time, though, doesn't it? And that's the time that that... I've often said, you're driving down the road, you've had a couple of drinks, and all of a sudden in your rear view mirror, the blue light comes on. And you know, that's better than any laxative. It really is. They sort of pull you into the side of the road and they go, is this your vehicle, sir? Would you like to get out? And get out, clinging onto the roof. And, um, and then they go, uh, have you had a drink, sir? When did you last have a drink? I had a drink oh, an hour ago. What, what, what did you have to drink? Small sherry. Well, then, of course, you have to be breathalyzed, and they do it at the roadside. And when it turns red... That's when your life collapses. The advice is, if you're going to drink and drive, don't breathe. It's so much safer. It's quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 5.48 is the time. 5.48. And uh, guess where I am, says Dan. Panic over. If you cremate the turkey this Christmas Day, then uh, all is OK as Mr McDonald's is open at Heathrow 24 hours, including Christmas Day. Well, I'm here Christmas Day, actually, between 7 and 10 in the morning, and I shall be expecting uh, your company. There is a fraud doing the rounds, and you wouldn't have thought that people would have fallen for it, but they have. And numerous people have fallen for it, and they're still targeting victims now. And the fraud operates like this. Your phone rings at home, and on the line is a policeman called, in this case, Hendrick Woods. He's investigating counterfeit currency... At the bank. Um, I was asked to withdraw £5,000, says this lady, who will just call Anne for the purposes of this conversation, uh, to help with their investigation. They said a courier would collect it and there could be a £3,000 reward. Like an idiot, she withdrew £2,000. Fortunately, I couldn't take out more and handed over the money when the cab came. So, in other words, I mean, it's, you can't believe it, can you, that somebody would actually go for this. So, the, so the, the policeman phones you. Where do they get your number from? Where do they get your number from? The answer is they just find it and they spin it out and some people fall for it. And in this particular gang's case, there were nine of them, all caught, all off to prison. Ha, 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 ha. And, uh, and they just sit there on the phone and go, this is uh, PC so-and-so from the local branch of whatever. And uh, we're waiting uh, to check with your bank. There's been evidence of this counterfeit currency. If you could withdraw some money, we will have it checked. 
we will send a, a courier to come and collect it. So, of course, she happily puts this money in the courier's hand. I mean, one woman in Wiltshire, believe it or not, lost £85,000. 85000 Because what they ask you to do is not only put the money in the hands of the courier who has turned up, but also can you put your card in there and the PIN details. So basically, you've just, to a perfect stranger, you've handed it, and you can't believe it either. You can't believe it. There's somebody listening at the moment going, I've just done that. And that's what they do. They phone up and they say, you know, we need this. If you put the pin in, pin in there and put it in a separate envelope, they try to make it sound as if, you know, they're really being terribly careful about it. But all they're doing is they're just waiting until they've got your pin and they start withdrawing your money. So 85,000. I mean, one woman, this, this woman ad, says, I feel so angry and stupid. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. Abu Syed is uh, an 18-year-old crack and heroin dealer from East London who got five years for fraud and possession of drugs with intent to supply. They, the police are having a, an absolute blitz. Abu Syed, he's an ugly. Ibrahim Charare, Gail Masidi, Abdullah Haj, Mohammed Hussein, Zain Hussein. Oh, dear. Two brothers, both in prison. What a shame. Marlon Thompson, Langoki Amani and uh, Rakim Worthington. All in now serving time at the pleasure of Her Majesty. Just be aware, if it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be true. And I would hate to see any of you parted with your money. I don't mind one person being parted from their money, and that's the man who purchased the other day a Ming silk tapestry. It's 600 years old. It's uh, absolutely lovely. It measures, it's quite big actually, as tapestries go. This one uh, is 10 foot by 6 foot 9. It's a Mayana Buddhist artwork known as a tanga, I think, dates back to the Ming Dynasty. Experts had expected it to fetch £6.5 million, but it went for £28 million. Obviously, somebody's got a lot of money out there. And uh, auctioneers, Christie's in Hong Kong, where the tapestry was sold, um, usually in under a minute. The bidding was so intense, it took 22 minutes for the buyer to secure it. It's a, a business... A business... A billionaire businessman called Leo Liquan who snapped it up from an American private seller and was represented by the president of Christie's China, Jinging Kai. Mr Liu bought the panga for his long museum in Shanghai. He said it was a tough battle. My God. £28 million. I can't imagine something. Can you imagine having that much money? £28 million. Lovely. On the subject of uh, polar bears, I knew somebody had told me they're found in the Arctic. Makes no difference. They're still killers. They have to drug them now. They, they start wandering into town. They're strangely drawn to the bright lights and the warmth. And so they, they drug them and then fly them off with helicopters and make them, uh, make them disappear somewhere else. Jackie's in Paddock Woods. Morning, Jackie. I bet it's all nice out there. Sorry about the weather. I wish I could uh, give you all decent weather for today, but unfortunately, I can't, because it's wet. All the way through, it's going to be wet today. Cloudy. It will go dry later on, but at the moment, there's nothing to get excited about. Cloudy and misty. Hill fog. Oh, no, it was absolutely tipping it down when I came in. Some bright spells developing. Southeasterly breeze persisting. At the moment, it's uh, around about uh, 8 degrees. It'll go to go to about 12 today. So it's still, it's still coat time. I bought three new shirts the other day. I got quite excited. The trouble is, I don't know why, I've started telling fibs in shops. You know when you go to, and, you, and I bought three, three sh- I bought these three shirts, and the guy said to me, he said, oh, right, are, are they a gift? And, uh, and I, I didn't really know what the answer was, actually. Are they a gift? No. Well, to me, yes, they are. Uh, then he started saying, oh, you, you can wear these, you know, 
just with a T-shirt underneath. And uh, and I thought, oh, funny conversation I'm having here. Well, I'm not having it, he's having it with me. And so I said, do I look like the sort of person who would wear these things? So I tried to pretend they were for somebody else. <laughs> and when I took them in to get them ironed, Thomas does my ironing, I, I can't iron, as you know, so they go to the dry cleaners and he irons and washes shirts. And I explained this story, he said, why don't you just tell him they were for you? I said, I don't know. I just thought that was too much information to give away to somebody I didn't know. Uh, the weather for tomorrow, cloudy, locally misty at first. That does, uh, that does depend where you are in the country. Largely dry, occasional drizzle possible, with southeasterly breeze becoming fresh in places. Bright spells are possible. Saturday to Monday, cloudy throughout the period, mist and fog. Brisk winds at first, falling light over the weekend, largely dry, with some brightness at times. It's going to be a real wet Christmas this year, isn't it? I've just got a feeling. Just to, just to ruin your day, ladies and gentlemen, I'm terribly sorry, but I'm predicting rain for Christmas. Actually, I don't think that's that, uh, that far out, is it? Uh, Refraud, says Mark. It's horrible to think there are people doing it. But, uh, my God, if somebody's stupid enough to hand money over and pins, I can't help feel, but they blinking well deserve it. Uh, yes. I mean, I, you, I've been warning people over these sort of scams for years. And I would like to think that I'm way too clever that I would ever get caught by anything like this. A friend of mine got caught, and uh, he got caught by another scam. He, he pulls into a newsagent uh, just up near uh, Osterley, which is where Sky uh, Television is based. And he, um, there's a man sitting in a car with his wife, and as he gets out of his car, he comes over and says, I'm really sorry, can you help me? He said, I need some petrol. I've got to get my wife to hospital. And so the friend of mine says, um, well, shall I drive with you to the garage and I'll buy you some petrol? And he says, no, no, no. He said, if you just give me some money for petrol, then I can nip down the road and go and put it in. So this friend, this friend of mine gives him £10. And the bloke goes, thank you so much. Thank you so much. He said, you've, you've saved a life here. So anyway, so he, um, he, he sort of drives off. This friend of mine goes into the shop and the, the man behind the counter says, did you just give him some money? And my friend said, yes, he said, he's been there for the last hour and a half, he said, everybody's given him money. He said he must have raked in a small fortune, and he was obviously operating a scam as to get money off people. I can't believe it. It's like I saw somebody standing the other day. Don't ever, ever, ever give to people just standing on the street with a plastic bucket. You can buy them on eBay. You can print your own stickers off. There was some bloke standing outside, where was it, in Teddington the other day. He just had the word crook written all over him. You know, you know, if certain people go collecting on the streets, you know, we've had to have one arrested outside Iceland in Twickenham because uh, he was operating a scam. He was just rattling a bucket and people were putting money in, dressed up as an animal, and it was for, you know, abused children's charities. In other words, him. It was for him. So the police came and arrested him and took him away, and it turned out he had lots of different stickers to put round the bucket, and I, see, I keep seeing these people. Do not give to people you do not know on the streets. It's as simple as that. As I say, sometimes, you know, you, you can't help but bang people's head up against a brick wall and say, you know, it's just do not give to these people. Graham in Walthamstow, uh, well, he's not, actually. He's not. Uh, they're, they're very divided on it. Very divided on it. I could only suggest that you, uh, you read up about it on Google. I'm, I'm being a bit vague on this, on this story here, but, uh, but certainly not. Absolutely not. In fact, even the... Uh, the official body says exactly the same. They're very firmly split on this one. Very firmly split. Uh, the grizzly bear was only doing what grizzly bears do. To the bear, the victim wasn't human. It was just dinner. So why did it have to be shot, says John the cabbie? Um, I suppose because it's, it's, it's displaying certain characteristics. And the characteristic would be stalking. 
which of course is what they do, I know. But if they get a taste for humans, then they might target other humans, whereas really they want them to be afraid of humans. They like the idea that the animal would see a human and run. A bit like snakes. You don't encounter snakes that often in this country, but they're there. Loads of them are there. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. And uh, John says, baby polar bear, mum, am I a koala bear? No, why? Because I'm freezing. Poor old koala bears, there's not a lot you can say about them. Coming up to the uh, news at six o'clock. With you till 6.30 this morning. We'll go through the front pages in a moment. It's Christmas, Christmas all the way, but as I say, for the weather, it's just a bit miserable and overcast and rainy and not nice at all. Two million of you are eligible for gastric bands. These are people who are vastly overweight, and they say it could save the NHS long-term a lot of money. The growing outrage over Tony Blair's award, it's... It's toys from the boys, isn't it? Very awkward. Clive James in an interview says, I'm terribly sorry I'm not dead. This lovely house, I'll find out where it is for you. You might want to buy it. King Arthur's buried in the garden. Uh, The pie-eyed groom cuffed on a plane, very dangerous. The Church of Jav and uh, the human statue who left a little boy in tears. They're not nice. It's LBC. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have you company. Welcome to Thursday morning on LBC. I'm Steve Allen with you till 6.38.850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. This lovely house, I'm going to find you details of in a moment. King Arthur apparently is buried in the garden. How that one works out, I've got no idea. The Church of Chav, you must have heard of it. You haven't? You will on this programme this morning. The human statue left a little boy in tears. He was dressed up as a cowboy. They're most peculiar, these living statues. They just stand there, staring at you. Then all of a sudden they come to life and you're expected to give them money. What did you do today, Mummy? I just stood on a soapbox. Uh, the globe-trotting lovers who were running a cocaine empire. Now they're running nowhere apart from into their cells. And one little boy's verdict on the festive fun park after it opened. It's not snow, Mum, it's litter. And when he came out, they said, what was the best thing about this reopened festive funland? And he said, jumping in a puddle. And that kind of sums it up. Because one of the papers today has said that it's, uh, it's all reopened and it's all lovely after we, uh, we talked about it the other day. And other people have been to it and they've said it's just as much rubbish now as it always was. People like to spend money, don't they? People like to spend money on these, uh, on these sort of things for the kids, I suppose. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, no, I'm not ducking out of it at all, Graham. I'm just telling you the facts, OK? I can't... Uh, I can only offer you facts, OK? If, if you're not bright enough to understand that, well, then, what can I do about it? Um, another one here. David says, I met an 80-year-old lady on a bus who lost £3,000 to fake police detectives. Well, you know, what, what else can you do? You know, what, what else can you do about it? You can only tell people about it if people, you know, don't have families that look out. It's up to, you know, to children to tell their mums or dads if they're living by themselves. You've got to say, these are the problems. You remember a man once, they did it as a television programme, and you, you had to feel a bit of sympathy for him. You had to feel a bit of sympathy for him. And he was convinced that he'd won on a lottery in somewhere like Argentina. And so his, his son had called the police in, and they'd recorded the conversations. Yes, 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 we're definitely... We're going to process your money today. We need, though, there's a £3,000 set-up charge. And we will send... So if you can send the the £3,000, we we will send a courier round to come and collect it. And uh, so he dutifully did that. 
And then they said, right, he's, um, he's, he's going to be bringing your money later, £250,000. And so, bless his heart, this poor old man sat there, waiting... And, of course, there, there was no money to come. There was nothing at all. But he's, even up until, the, up until the last minute, he still didn't accept the fact that somebody had actually ripped him off. So there you go. Uh, 84850, uk. Somebody says, when is it officially acceptable to put you up your Christmas tree? August. August. I think July, actually, is, is, really, is really quite good. Kevin the Milkman says, uh, coat weather, Steve. I've still got the shorts on. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. That really doesn't surprise me in the slightest. <laughs> you're a milkman. You're allowed to wear shorts if you're a milkman. That's why it's so sort of funny, because I don't think people would recognise you if you walk around with trousers on. They're going to know that it's you, but, but with trousers on, they're going to go, no, I don't think that can be uh, Kevin at all. Uh, 84850. Uh, one here that says, uh, my father-in-law buried all his medals in the garden. Is that a respectful way to treat medals? There's a deeper story here. Yes. Um, another one here, which uh, is talking about um, fraud and saying, why are we not warned about this all the time? Well, we do it every year. We do warn people every year that there are those out there who want to part you from your money. You've seen the pickpockets. Wherever you go where there's a big crowd of people, there is a, always a group of pickpockets. When you go to get your money from a cash point, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I think cash points should be really protected. I think you should be able to go there and put, you know, there's normally a line. Sometimes there's a line on the pavement. I wouldn't want to use an outdoor cash point. I have. I have done it. But I make sure there's nobody standing behind me. Because sometimes you're trying to do lots of things. You're trying to hold your shopping, and then you're also trying to get the card when it comes out. Because the moment, the moment you've got the card out, out comes the money. And it would be very easy for somebody to reach over and take the money. I told you my, my producer, Mandy, sometime, Amanda, she was standing at a cash point, and uh, they did the usual trick. They drop a fiver on the floor, and then waiting for her money to come out. And when, when they go, is that your fiver? As she turns around, they would grab the money. But, of course, she was a bit smarter than that. And so when they said, is that your fiver? She went, yeah, and put her foot on it. <laughs> Took the money out of the machine, bent down, picked up the fiver and walked away, and they could do nothing about it. <laughs> Clive James once had a late night show, Steve, called The Late Clive James, but they had to rename it because people thought he died. I agree. Uh, Lisa says, I completely agree, don't give money to the bucket carriers. Sadly, too many crooked people these days. I know, we get them during rugby as well. It's a nightmare. People who claim that they're collecting for all sorts of charities and what they are, they're, ju they're just bent. It's impossible for the police to check everybody. They're trying to get the fans in and out of the stadium. Front pages of the papers for this morning. The Metro. An astonishing confession from Michael Burke in the jungle. I wish I'd killed Jimmy Savile. They apparently were on a ship together. It's a very strange thing to say. And uh, Savile was at the end of the ship. He said, I wish I pushed him off. He said, I never liked him. I'm not sure whether or not Michael Burke has gone round the twist completely in the jungle. Perhaps he shouldn't be out there at all. Andy and Kim to wed. That's the extreme personality of Andy Murray and Kim, the girlfriend, and the mother who's got no personality either. I mean, frankly, I nearly fell asleep reading it. Uh, run and hide. Terror warning for commuters. Apparently angry commuters have accused police of provoking panic by dishing out leaflets that show terrified passengers fleeing a Mumbai-style terror attack. Rail travellers across the country were handed the flyers yesterday after warnings that Britain faces its greatest ever threat from extremists. We just have to be vigilant. It's as simple as that. Um, what else have we got? Front page of the, uh, the Mirror today. Andy and Kim to marry. God, 
so dull. And two million obese Brits to get gastric ops on the NHS. They say the taxpayer could fork out about £12 billion for some of these operations, which could cost up to £25,000, depending on how big somebody is. I suppose. And they're now saying it because it's a health warning. Two million people. I mean, I'm assuming when you go in for your checks at the doctor, the doctor will decide on your body mass, the BMI. They will decide on that whether or not you should qualify for free weight loss treatment on the NHS. Now, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it doesn't work. Um, So this is gastric bypass and band ops. So about £12 million. Now, whether or not they've actually got £12 million to hand out for this, I've got no idea. But either way, it could be the way forward. Joan Collins is on the front of the Express today. I married my first husband even after he raped me. Uh, And the story of the pet dogs, who can really understand what you say. But I always think think that that's exactly what pet dogs do. You could see them when they actually put their head on, on one side, that they're listening to you. And they do understand. They really do understand. I mean, I'm, I'm of the opinion. I think they do. Uh, when's it accepted to take the tree down, says Sarah? Never. Leave it up permanently. So much easier. There's no point in worrying about that. You're going to have bad luck next year anyway, dear, so there's no point in, in worrying about it. It's supposed to come down on Twelfth Night, but uh, that's only for adults. You know, the rest of you can leave it. I've seen people leave their trees up for ages and ages. And they seem to manage to survive through the, uh, through the years. Uh, Guinevere, a morning cuppa at the moment. Actually, is this the best time to get a morning cup of tea? Tea and toast, I'm told, is the accepted form this morning. Or tea and toast with Marmite on. Except if you drop it. I did drop my dinner yesterday. I came out of the kitchen, clutching my dinner, and the plate was so hot, I dropped it. And, you know, miraculously, it landed up. It didn't actually fall over. So I was quite happy about that. The Daily Mail revealed the gang who battered the dad in front of the family were convicted Polish thugs allowed to stroll into the UK. The man concerned is Paul Kohler, beaten up in his house. He's had reconstructive surgery. He said, I just want to look at them face to face and ask them why. Because they're convicted thugs, I'm afraid, Mr Kohler. That's the, the sad truth that we just allow anybody in, even with their... Convi- they could have been convicted rapists and they'd still be allowed to just wander in. The worst thing is, can we get rid of them? Hopefully after they've served a lifetime in prison. Uh, we will be able to get rid of them. Up to two million obese Britons. This is the same story. Qualifying for the gastric band. Blimey, I didn't realise there were that many people who were classed as obese in the country. The Sun. Uh, EastEnders Shirl. Race hate rap. This is uh, Linda Henry. Big fan of Linda Henry. Big fan of Linda Henry. Who is set to stand trial for allegedly hurling racist abuse outside a Jamie Oliver restaurant. This is after a row in September in Greenwich. I was I'm a big fan of Linda Henry, so very sad to uh, very sad to read that. Plus, the the main headline on the Sun is you get free five pounds worth of fruit, veg, and salad at Morrison's. They're all doing it because one of the other papers, in fact, I think it's the uh, is it the Express? No, it's the Mirror. They're offering you ten pounds off at Aldi. Oh dear, there's no end to the excitement. No end to the excitement. Uh, let's have a quick uh, a quick time check for you. It's now quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody, and morning to Mark Hudson as well. Morning, Uncle Steve, he says. I must tell you the story of a drunk who's on a plane who makes the papers today. He had to be handcuffed and gagged. He was on his honeymoon uh, flight. Mohammed Kelia, obviously an idiot of the First Order, spat at airline staff, uh, abused people, used foul language. He was going from Manchester to Cuba. They should have opened the doors and pushed him out, actually. 
Um, and uh, Thomas Cook says we operate zero policy. So when they took him off, they put a blanket over his mouth. Dreadful man. And uh, his wife flew back home on Tuesday. That's what you've got to put up with, darling. Your husband's a drunk and abusive. He says, I was on honeymoon with my wife. I was trying to enjoy myself. I don't know how I'm going to forgive myself. Because you're an idiot. Kellia's dad, Gullum, said, what's done is done. He's not home yet. I hope he never comes home. Horrible person. And I must bring you the story of the statue, because we're plagued with them in London. We're plagued in Trafalgar Square. We're plagued all, plagued all over the place with these statues, or failing that, people attaching themselves to metal poles and just sitting there waving at people. They're evil. Evil, and they must be destroyed and kicked out of London as quick as possible. The worst ones are the ones who sort of dress up as something, and they sprayed their coat in gold or something and here's one in Birmingham so Birmingham you suffer in the same way that we suffer as well here in London and this one was dressed up as a cowboy slightly scary cowboy because he handcuffed the little boy to him the little boy here is Connor May who's eight who posed for pictures and uh, he then burst into tears his mum said I was horrified I don't think these people should be allowed to touch children do you know who these people are why are you letting them touch your children do you know anything about them no Nothing at all. So some perfectly... If this man sort of knocked on your front door and came in and started sort of, you know, playing with your, with, with, with your children, you'd be calling the police and you're out on the streets. You seem to think this is OK to let some of these... Who knows what they are? I wouldn't even like to hazard a guess at what somebody dressed as a gold cowboy does for a living, apart from dressing as a gold cowboy and handcuffing young children to his waistband. I love the way that parents go, oh, we're taking... That's a nice happy picture, isn't it? Yeah? I don't think so. Think again. Think again, ladies and gentlemen. Think again. Uh, other stories which are running in the uh, in the papers today. It's uh, they they're not dealing, as you can imagine, with the cricketer, uh, which is Phil Hughes, who has died because that only came in this morning. Uh, they do have another sporting story in one of the papers today. Uh, this is Muhammad Ali. He's still fighting Parkinson's disease, even though it's playing cruel tricks on his memory. He can't remember you know, the, the title fight, but you wouldn't expect him to. You wouldn't expect him to. I mean, I think he was the greatest. He was certainly a very good guest for Michael Parkinson. I think, if anything, Michael Parkinson probably launched Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, in this country because he would put him on the show because he... I whoop him and I do this. And everybody used to do impressions of him because he was just... He was a great personality. He floated like a butterfly, stung like a bee, but now he can't remember the third world title. And he's a shadow of himself. He turned up at the 2012 Olympics and I don't think the poor soul knew exactly where he was, but that's, that's the ageing process, I'm, uh, I'm afraid. Uh, more in the papers today on, uh, on the people from the Only Way's Essex and poor James Arge, no longer living at Arge, which is good news. Uh, one and a half million of you hit by faulty metres. This is the electricity metres that don't work properly. The Church of Chav, I was going to tell you about. This is a reformed car thief who now preaches the gospel with uh, dubstep and rap. Welcome to the... And they've got a picture of these people. There's something odd about Chavs, isn't there? I just can't quite work out. Do they deliberately dress like this? You know, is it... I mean, I was watching the Jeremy Kyle show again the other day. They must have some clause written into the contract that Jeremy will shout and scream at you and behave like a real so-and-so, and you just sit there and take it. Because I was watching people the other day, and frankly, if these people were really as hard as they thought they would, Jeremy Carl would be flat on the floor. Nobody would actually put up with it, but he said, don't look at me. He's, he's got this, he keeps repeating, look at me, look at me. And so these poor chavs who've never been directed to do anything before, all of a sudden have to look at him. So when you get a church of chav, you know, it's, it's all here, 
they have the hymn Unconditional by Katy Perry. Congregational members share their stories of faith. To me, it looks like it's a stand-up, fall-down kind of church. I don't know if you've ever seen the stand-up fall-downs where the uh, so-called vicar, self-appointed, comes and sort of touches people and they collapse to the floor. It's like sort of a mild electric shock. It's, it's all a bit stagey-stagey. But uh, some people say that, you know, this sort of radical approach is working. People are turning to God more and more. I don't think they are, actually. Not round our way. Round our way, more and more churches are closing down and being converted quite nicely into flats or housing. Or in the case of the a huge church in Teddington, it's become an arts centre down the road from me. So uh, I suppose that's, that's the way forward. I mean, do people go to church? Of course they do, at Christmas. At Christmas, they don't, they don't tend to go the rest of the year. And then I've told you before that I've spoken to people who get really cross with people who only go to church at Christmas. They say that people shouldn't. They should go all year round. But some people can't. They just can't get there. Some of the, uh, the heavyweights this morning, the, uh, the Daily Telegraph, the fact that uh, Andy Murray's got engaged. Apparently this is the, uh, the source of much rejoicing. Uh, the supermarket shamed over infected chickens, say the Telegraph. Times this morning... A picture of the businesswoman Harriet Green, uh, who's just resigned as chief executive of Thomas Cook. She's going to get £10 million payoff. It's not bad, is it? £10 million payoff. Uh, fears of a federal UK as Scots get new powers. And uh, the front page of the Independent is a picture of an armed police officer outside the Houses of Parliament. And that's just about it for today. Uh, we'll have a free podcast. I can't believe it's Thursday. This week has just whizzed through. We'll have a free podcast for you up in around about... 30 minutes time yeah if not sooner actually we seem to be racing through it at the moment we seem to be well ahead of ourselves we've, we've worked out a system will and i and it involves me carrying on doing the podcast while he disappears off to do something else i mean it involves a lot of running and eventually he sort of kind of gets there i think we're gonna have a travelator put in for the for the new year so we'll have that and you can listen to lbc whenever uh, you want or you like if you go to the lbc website and download the lbc app it's absolutely free of charge or there's tune in radio too so you can always catch up with the steve allen show on podcast or any of the other shows on lbc at seven it's nick ferrari this morning and of course it's called clegg next lisa aziz with the morning news this is lbc 